Welcome to the second Raw before the Rolex 24. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. You asked for it and you got it. Welcome to episode 416 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and we're talking some sports cars like Subway Cab is putting his hand over his chest and smiling warmly to the clouds. <laughs> we have a healthy top class. <laughs> I haven't known this feeling in uh, a little over half a decade. I mean, Cam, how long have you been a regular on this show now? I think it's been about at least three years now, right? Um, you brought me in to preview Lamar 2019, and I don't know, wow. I guess I guess you like me and kept me around? Yeah, so, good, three and a half years. Like, every time we've even mentioned sports cars in passing, let alone, like, the occasional full episode, like, <laughs> Cam has, has had to resist and sometimes failed to resist the urge to rant about the state of sports cars. I was brought in to rant about the state of sports cars. That was my whole MO on that first episode. It's like, do you feel naked right now having to talk about sports cars in an actually hey, strangely yo. positive light? <laughs> Just I, feel, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm sipping my favorite drink. <laughs> sitting in a leather recliner that has that very specific leather sound when you move around in it, in front of a oh, fireplace. Yeah. All, all reliable. And I am... I am at peace. You, <laughs> he is at peace indeed. That is Cam Buckley here, sports car specialist and all-round solid egg. And also joining us live from Daytona itself uh, in the media center as we speak. He, he was able to land on terra firma, and he's doing this a few solid for us to, for him to be here. RJ O'Connell, hello, sir. Now, I'm also a sports car specialist, to be fair. Well, of that, course. Yeah, um... It's it's in the name of one of my uh, one of the sites that I write for. But yes, uh, welcome from a insulated, soundproof radio room inside the Daytona International Speedway Media Center. Mm. We are parked up right across from the the uh, the broadcast booths that are right on top of the uh, the main grandstands, the, mm. the only grandstands that are left. Uh, so we're right across from start finish, uh, right near all the garages where all the new cars and a lot of the old cars, let's be fair, uh, are here. Um, it's been hard getting a hold of any drivers because they're all in their motorhomes and they're super busy. But, you know, the least that I could do, uh, because we did have plans to have like a whole crew of people. Uh, be part of this Rolex 24 experience. Mm. It gradually whittled down to just myself. But I figured, why not have as much fun in the world for half dozen, dozen people at the same time? I'll do my best. <laughs> you will fail to have as much fun as I would be having, and I don't blame you for that. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, have a good one, my friend. Is the first thing I will say. Have first and foremost. They need they need to start, turn down the sun a bit because I can't <laughs> be getting sunburn in the middle of January. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the race does take place in Florida. Mm. But it's still, but it's still winter. The, the funny thing is, though, like I love the fact that the sunburn would have potentially your face matching your hair color, which would be very cute. 
Yeah, I am. Uh, you, you can't see it because podcasting is a visual medium, but I have dyed my hair pink again. Uh, I feel like enough time has passed and I have enough incentive to go out into the world where I felt like, yeah, sure, I could spend $150 on somebody to dye my hair because I mm. trust them more to do it than I would have on my own. <laughs> that sound logic is if i if i do say so myself so yeah we got rj um live from the track as well so yeah we're very very lucky in that sense to talk over the rolex 24 and yeah wow it's going to be an exciting time i mean this is my second time actually watching this race properly um i I wish i could watch all of it in full uh i've got one extra live stream on the the other gig at wtf1 on on saturday afternoon which is a bit of a shame but uh hopefully i won't miss too much of the action besides that because uh, i'm looking forward to sitting down and watching some sports cars this week it's just nice to have some cars again like formula e was 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 not hitting like it normally does like not like fe at least you got a chance of some chaos sports cars definitely there will be some chaos involved. So that's going to be fun at the very least. So we'll get into the Rolex 24. We'll be talking a little bit about the healthy top class, as Cam alluded to, uh, the new cars. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Like, we, we finally find out what the what the H in uh, it stands for, as RJ quite, alludes, quite fancy alluded to um, in our notes here. We got new GT3 cars. We'll go over a little bit of the war before the 24 qualifying, some of the BOP changes. Spoiler, there isn't much somehow um <laughs> amazingly mm. um I'm, I'm i'm shocked as you are and yeah we'll go down a little bit of a preview of some of the other classes as well so all of that over the next probably 45 minutes to an hour or so um don't worry for those who are maybe not the biggest fans of me hosting this show this is probably the quietest i'm going to be in a good year you're welcome internet um <laughs> it's good for the voice box but in the meantime it's places you can find us we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 if you'd like to follow our personal handles you can rj o'connell at cbuckley 917 and the dre underscore wtf1 you can check out our website one take <laughs> uh, you, can, you can check our website on motorsport101.com and if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 five bucks gets you early access to all of these episodes before they go out ten bucks gets you in the supporters club of our discord server we can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded we've got some guys in the audience as well zoe toki thanks for watching the long as ever hope you enjoy the show tonight so without further ado let's get into the Rolex 24. I when was when I was putting this set list together and obviously putting the notes for this show, I was going to go into this with the angle of gentlemen, you're the sports car folks. You love this shit a lot more than I do. How would you convince a, a potential new viewer into watching this event and we'll break it down from a bunch of different angles first and foremost because as rj has said many a time on this show every show is someone's first every rolex could be someone's first and i think that's the easiest way to potentially convince people to get excited about this right at least, at least I'd yeah. Like to think, right? yeah so let's talk about the top first because I mean, look, we, we we care most about the LMP ones at the front, the DPIs. We should say at the front, you know. And, it's not even it's uh, not even the DPIs. This is the yeah. new era of IMSA GTP, aka LMDH. What does the H stand for? The H stands for hybrid. But here in IMSA, they call it GTP. Why? Because back in the eighties, IMSA used to call their top class GTP. 
back when it was mostly Porsche 956s and 962s, funded by any number of legal and illegal means. Yeah. We take our cash in any way here. Yeah, they, they accept cash check and broken bones. Um, if, if you're that way inside. Don't forget the briefcases with the snow inside. Of course. <clears throat> well, does the briefcase glow when it opens like in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> You'd hope not. <laughs> let's might be let's talk about these. Let's talk about these new GTP cars. Uh, mm. This is a actually a continuation of. It's not really a continuation, but it's a similar model. Uh, Cam, it, there is a lot more going on to it than just LMP2 tubs kitted out with special body kits at a different engine. Yeah, but that's more or less have, what, what DPI was, where you'd have uh, manufacturer styling grafted onto an existing LMP2. Um, and then with DPIs, they the engines had to be production-based, so you had... Um, you know, Nissan with the GTR engine, um, Cadillac with the ever venerable LS. Um, you know, we really should LS swap the sun. We'll make it far more reliable. Um, and so on. It had to be production based and really, um, a very inexpensive way to get into manufacturer LMP racing, but nothing really beyond that with GTP or LMDH. It's a little bit different. The key to these new regulations really is, around that introduction of spec hybrid power to spec hybrid system not a huge amount of power on there but still um a big deal to get that integrated with these cars same deal as dpi in that you need to buy the chassis from an existing lmp2 manufacturer in this case spoiler alert this is the uh, this is the only time where you will see people happy to line up around this. the yes <laughs> yeah um porsche is using the multimatic chassis which is to say that porsche effectively installed their own regime in multimatic and then designed the tub <laughs> <laughs> um because as becomes a common theme porsche who are very very good at this are continuing to be very very good at this shocker it's so um, it's so sexy i've seen it was the first car i saw assembled in person <laughs> they had a spare lined up just like uh, just chilling in the back of the garages unfortunately they may need to use some of those spare parts after qualifying more on <laughs> that in a moment <laughs> um acura paired up with orica continuing their incredibly successful partnership from the previous generation of cars and cadillac and bmw both being customers of delara cadillac continuing their uh, involvement and bmw returning to prototypes for the first time since 2000 and beyond that we also have full manufacturer control over the aero so they can style and modify basically any panel on the car but it has to fit into uh aero model of about you can make four times as much downforce as you do drag but nothing more that sounds like a lot. That's actually not very high. I mean, the LMP1Hs were pushing six to one on that ratio. Um, the, the old GTPs that had full ground effect in the 90s were over six to one. So that's really going to try to control some of the aero spending um, that ran rampant in the last couple of top class uh, categories for prototypes. And you no longer need to use a production-based engine in uh, GTP. So we've actually got a few... Really interesting engine choices. Mm -hmm. As mentioned, sure. our manufacturers that we have now are Porsche, BMW, Acura, and Cadillac. And all of them have gone different directions. 
I'll probably start with the most interesting one, at least on paper, is that of the Acura. Well, if it sounds like an IndyCar engine and it goes like an IndyCar engine, <laughs> it probably is an IndyCar engine. Or rather, it should have been. It should have been because they are using (laughs) Honda's aborted 2.4 liter twin turbo V6 that was meant to go into the Indy car. But those plans have been shelved indefinitely because, well, Indy car can't get their dick out of the door ever over anything. (laughs) Uh, But it sounds good. It's been fairly reliable up to this point. And as we'll get into later. It's been pretty damn fast. Uh, BMW is using a twin turbo version of their old DTM V8. Cadillac is using a brand new five and a half liter naturally aspirated V8. That sounds just chef's kiss up on the banking. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the old Corvette GT1 cars did only even angrier and higher pitched. And then Porsche. Well, even when you have to go into the parts bin at Porsche, the parts bin is pretty damn solid because, oh, what engine did they bring back from the dead? That of a little LMP2 we used to call the RS Spider. The car that was an LMP2 that was throwing hands with LMP1 cars from the mid to late twenty uh, or 2000s. Mm. Then it also went into a hybrid sports car called the Porsche 918. You may remember it as a member of the Holy Trinity. Well, that's back. Also twin turbocharged. These are real good. Yeah, these are real good. These, again, are not just LMP2s body kitted up. There's there's like real neat shit going on underneath the surface. Like, it's been fascinating. I'm not the biggest engineering snob, but it's fascinating to see all the different stuff they're doing with the aerodynamics Uh and the and the engines and the suspension were like Cam, weren't you just talking about before we went on the air how, how the yeah, yeah air the 963 <laughs> the, the 963 more or less has the front suspension cribbed off of red bull's f1 car from two years ago really <laughs> what is uh multimatic does red bull's suspension so they so graciously handed that over to porsche <laughs> to stick on the front of the 963 graciously can... he says my god i had no idea that was even a thing <sighs> yeah um you can actually see it in the front of the car all the different hydraulic elements it is more or less front suspension technology cribbed straight from formula one um, in some ways it's more advanced than what they're running now because you're actually not allowed to run some of the trick hydraulics in formula one as a result of the 2022 regs. <laughs> and so d- despite them being on paper, a little bit slower, quite a bit heavier, these cars are already about on DPI pace and they're doing it while also having unique looks and sounds and having a lot more involvement on the manufacturer side of making that car their own. I was going to say, I think they were right around last year's pole time in qualifying this time around this year already, first time out of the box, which is a pretty good sign. In cars that are about 130 kilos heavier and have significantly less efficient aero. Yeah, so pound for pound, they're a lot quicker, you'd feel, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if they were allowed to run at the same weight, they would be miles quicker. 
And based on the uh, based on the performance they showed relative to DPI and where DPI is relative to hypercar, thanks to the Glickenhaus slowing everything down over in WEC. These <laughs> thanks, are actually Aston Martin. You're the best. Thanks, Aston Martin. Um, I'll remember that the next time you're both eliminated in Q1. Mm. Um, it ends up really creating a situation where these cars are already ahead of where hypercar is right now, despite on paper having far less freedom in what you can do with the hybrid system and the mm. tub. In- interesting. Like, look, like there's, I, I mean, what's the best way we put in this? It is wild that that's just Porsche and we've still got, we've, we've barely even touched on Cadillac and Acura and, where does BMW fit into all this camera? Because I'm curious about seeing them, obviously, with a with a with a GTP in in the top. I mean, it's good to see BMW back because really, it, it was long rumored that, and it was constantly shot down that they would return to top class prototype racing. Mm. The last time they were there, it went pretty damn well, winning Le Mans in 1999 and just kicking tons of ass over in the ALMS. Mm. Um. But it's a car that is late and behind schedule. Um, it's shown turns of speed. It has very solid driver lineups. It has WRT running the team who are just their their reputation is above reproach from all their work with Audi and GT3 racing. Yeah. But ultimately, it's a car that is. It, it, well, let me put it to you like this. Porsche was running the 963 up the hill at Goodwood. The BMW was a mock-up on a sculpture. Ah, That's kind of how far behind they are as far as the timeline there of their program. There are levels to this. <laughs> yeah, like Audi had time to build a car, assemble a team, and then cancel that entire program before <laughs> BMW actually got the car on track. So <laughs> there is good there in the BMW. You can see the turns of speed that it does have. And they were only about eight tenths off in qualifying, which we'll get to in a moment. But they're not quite there yet. Yeah, I mean, that's been the rolling narrative. Even I've noticed in our Discord talking about it, in the build-up to this race, just how far Porsche are ahead of the field in terms of running. I mean, Cam, for those who don't know, put it into some sort of perspective for us. Um, before this car has turned a racing wheel in anger, it has turned about 20,000 miles of testing. Sheesh. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's hitting the ground running in terms of their preparedness. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's like Porsche are way way ahead of the field in terms of development time and track time, and you'd have a reason to think they'd be confident about their long running compared to the field. I mean, despite that, Cam. I mean, we, we've talked we've talked BMW, we talked a bit about Porsche. Obviously, what about the others? What about Cadillac and Acura in the grand scheme of things? Well, the Acura throughout the entire week at the Roar before the 24 has just been a bullet, uh, mm. which you'd expect given the chassis done by Orica, um, noted creators of Orica Cup, the only LMP2 worth having. Mm. The only and, LMP2 worth having and not shopping up and turning into an LMDH. Uh, yes. And p- propelled by a literal IndyCar engine. Um and also run by the defending winners of this race. Acura goes into this uh, this year's mm-hmm. 24, having won this race two years in a row and having just run the field over in the championship last year. Um, Meyer Shank Racing and Wayne Taylor Racing know what they're doing. 
Oh yeah. Um, they they have had plenty of experience running in this race, running in this series, and the Acura really, at first glance, shares most similarity to its predecessor, the ARX05. It's not a bad car to uh, use as a base, given no. the car won uh, three out of five championships it competed in, lost the fourth at the death in twenty uh, in twenty twenty. Mm. Um, and Cadillac, they seem to be about there on pace, maybe a half step behind Acura and Porsche, who've been pretty much dead even in the in the run up to qualifying and through qualifying. Mm. Um, but also, Cadillac has not had the most reliable running. Their car, again, a little bit behind schedule. But also, it's the most mechanically simple, at least on paper, out of all these four. Interesting. So, and we also, they're, they're run by a, a, a little a small organization, Chip Ganassi. Yeah. I, heard, I heard he's pretty good at this whole racing thing. Yeah, he might be a bit. You got teams like Ganassi, Penske. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, wow, Meyer Schick, wow, really is an IndyCar podcast deep down if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I believe the only teams that don't have like any uh, IndyCar ties are Wayne Taylor Racing, the Conopinolta team, and they've they've had like teases and flirtations with it. And then Wheeland Engineering Racing, aka Action Express Racing, aka a team that might be that's run by this family called the Francis, who may or may not run the sport of NASCAR. Well, you see, RJ, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing didn't have any IndyCar ties until they did, because now, oh, now they- they're partnered up with Andretti Autosport. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I mean, we gotta mention a little bit about that because I mean, Michael Andretti, I believe, is here this weekend, and he's spoken yes. a lot about the situation. I mean, Andretti is everywhere. We all know what they're really trying to do at the moment when it comes to their motorsport future. But they've also spoken about wanting a full-blown team here, right? Yes. Uh, well, not only here, but also uh, in WEC. Now, thing is, that is going to be. Um, Generally speaking, that's going to be a Honda global decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want in on WEC. It's like it's like McLaren, where all of a sudden McLaren, who insisted they just wanted to focus on Formula One, all of a sudden now want to race in everything. And now Andretti, who obviously are already building that huge facility over over back at Indianapolis, um, are trying their damnness to try and get in the Formula One right now but also now talking about IMSA and WEC on top of it too. I mean, this is wild, the amount of money they're throwing. But it's a lot of clouds. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Andretti's got a lot of ties to a lot of big players in the they sports world. They have ties to uh, practically everyone h- here. Um, <laughs> and like half of Formula One. Yes. <laughs> it's like, please be friends with Michael. Maybe one of you guys can hook us up with something, right? Right. Well, they run Porsche and Formula E. They used to run BMW and Formula E. They want to run Cadillac engines in Formula One, and they already run Honda in here and in IndyCar. <laughs> but besides that, it's fine, right? You know, like they, 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 they know where their bread is buttered. In other words, <laughs> they could run one of Go each back. GTP as a customer, and, not, and no one would bat an eye. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, one for all four of their drivers. Which, by another interesting uh, fact in the race. We have uh, full, all four of Andretti's uh, IndyCar drivers in this mm. race 
all in different classes. So <laughs> I don't... All of them in different classes, and I, and I believe none of them are racing actually under the Andretti factory name. That's correct. correct. Which I think is hilarious. It's like it's 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 a great reversal. Um, it's like also I love that Zoe, who is also a huge Andretti fan in our in our audience, is like Mike and I here being quote I am serious about motorsport, and Zoe just going uh, Andretti win all the classes, which that that is technically feasible. It is <laughs> technically feasible. Andretti Autosport has an entry in their name under LMP three. Yes, mean class as we call it here. <laughs> mean class yet the one that didn't have a crash during qualifying somehow huh. how did that happen uh, funny how things work yeah like that, that that is funny um it's it, it, it is pretty funny um but uh yeah like, that is the andretti uh place in the grand scheme of things um and just seeing where we hold out at the moment i mean shall we talk a little bit about the raw before the 24 before we get into some of the lower classes for a minute i think, I think that'd be a wise idea like <laughs> Cam, we got to talk about your mans. Uh, I, I your, do have to get my mans, who actually replied to me, and I went full fanboy on Twitter. Yeah, that's that would fair. be um, Nick Tandy. Uh, that would be Nick Tandy. The Tandy who, man uh, can. The Tandy <laughs> man is back in a Porsche prototype, and just as he was setting the fastest sectors of all on the way to pull, he got a little too greedy into the bus stop and just um, blew the nose. chicane. You can't make me acknowledge that. You have no power here. <laughs> uh, I am no. not owned. I am not owned. You can't make me shrink into a corn cob. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tandy was going real fast until he wasn't. Um, went full Nielsen. For if, you, if you've ever watched the replay of the 1991 Daytona 24 hours, you know that one of the Jags did pretty much the exact same thing. Mm. Uh, only that one almost ended up in Lake Lloyd. Thankfully, this one only really wiped out the nose on it. Yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough brush on the nose, but it did put Tandy out for the rest of the session because I mean, it was only what fifteen minutes for qualifying, so you know you were already under a fair amount of time pressure. Um, and I think that was with about six minutes to go. There was a red flag till about two and a half. <coughs> Pardon me. But um, they basically turned it into a one-lap shootout by the end, basically, because there was only about two and a half minutes left when when we got green again. So everybody had one last run at it. And yep. uh, ended up being a contest between uh, Son of Stig, Tom Blomquist in the 60 Acura, <laughs> versus Felipe Nazar do Brazil in the number seven Porsche. And you'll kind of see the theme running through the top class that... Uh, this was close. Blomquist mm. got pole on a one minute 34, uh, 0, 3, 1. Nasser only 0. 0.083 back. <laughs> yeah. Um, on their, what was really actually a suboptimal lap times from those two because they only had one lap. They couldn't really get the tires warmed up. Had this run like a normal quality session, we might have actually been into the one minute 33s around where the lap record is here. First yeah. time out for these cars. Yeah, I, I believe Kristen Vautier had the previous record. I think it, it was a 34 dead, funnily enough, and that was roughly the same as what the poll time was. Think about this, though. Yeah. All eight cars that were able to set a lap in that session and not have it taken off the board because they caused a red flag or whatever 
mm. within eight tenths of a second. If you lop off the two BMWs at the bottom of that, they're within six tenths of a second. Yeah, the but, the BOP. Thankfully, the BOP, that 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 dirty word in, in in sports car racing, the BOP seems pretty damn solid between all these cars. Again, BMW, maybe another step behind. That's kind of where their program is right now. Yeah. Um, and then the Cadillacs, maybe a half step behind. The Acuras and Porsches were pretty much dead even all week when the two of them were actually pushing mm. and even more so in qualifying. There was nothing in it between them. So I think I'm right in saying BOP, the only adjustment is I think the BMW was given a couple of extra liters. Is that no, right? No, that was the GT3 BMW. Oh, we'll yes. talk, uh, we will talk in passing about the GT3s because there are some new cars there. Ooh, Not that you yeah. know it because none of them are actually featuring in the top times. <laughs> um, but as far as the top class BOP, pretty much spot on from day one. It looked like it. I mean, I mean, if the whole field is covered by point eight, that's not bad. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good place to start, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, so- who knows where Tandy would have put that benchmark if he had been able to finish his lap mm. and put it on pole? But the re- but this is competitive. This is exactly what everybody was hoping for when this class first launch. Um, and there is a real real excitement i could tell you for free the photographer's room that is right down the road from us is full it is wednesday the race has not started yet it is bringing out most people i expect this press room to be filled with writers by the time we roll up to saturday morning yeah i mean it, it was posed in the set list are we in a better place than we than where we were absolutely yeah yeah and the thing is, with IMSA, their top class was already fine, but this, this it was is it else. was okay. And DPI in its midsection was uh, the middle of the DPI kind of timeline was solid. Yeah, and then the Nissan went by the wayside. N- not really the car's fault. And then Mazda withdrew to the shock of everyone. We only had yeah, two manufacturers helps. left. We now have four manufacturers. With more on the way, Lamborghini is already confirmed. Alpine is already confirmed. We have more rumored on the way. Mm. That could be fun. <sighs> the hits just keep coming. The hits just keep coming. Is, is, is there an upper limit to how many GTPs we could get in the top flight? Is there is there a running limit for that? Because we're already at nine. We've <laughs> never we've never been in a position in modern IMSA to actually be at that limit. So yeah, wow. as long as you get like around sixty cars for Daytona, and they did expand it to sixty one because it's the sixty first race. Um, oh, anything's about. kosher. Okay, <laughs> it's it's like that old phrase in the sport of snooker. It's like there is a time limit as to how long it takes to play a shot, but no one knows what it is. Um, <laughs> which I think is a great. Yo, yo, ask Peter Ebden about that shit. That's a deep cut <laughs> for all your snooker heads. Um, can I just say as well that uh, I mentioned the sixty well, sixty one car entry list. They had a ten car deep reserve list. They had to turn people away from this event. That is wild. I've never <laughs> heard that before. They're, they're turning people they, away. Yeah, they they have entry. They have reserve lists at Le Mans, but this is the first time that I'd seen it at Daytona for a while. It's like a, a, long, long it's, it's like it's like yeah, keep your trailer outside the track just in case. You never know. <laughs> someone might not make it. Someone might pull out. A team might get a COVID <laughs> infection. Who knows? Obviously, God forbid. But um, oh you know, God. But you know. But uh, you, you never know. Keep the trailer parked outside just in case. 
Um, so that, that's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, like before we get into the entries a little bit, and we'll have some of the talk about that as well. I mean, you guys wanted to talk a little bit about the GTP as well, and some of the new cars in the GT3 area as well. So, well, so what's yes. been going on down there? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so Lamborghini have this is not a new car. This is the evolution two of their Huracan GT3 that's making its mm. competitive debut uh, this weekend uh, in both GTD Pro and GTD, aka GTD Program, aka GTD Classic. Um, <laughs> Iron Links uh, are positioning themselves Ooh. as the new Lamborghini Works team. Uh, they will have three of their new cars across both the GTDs, including the very successful Iron Dames project, which will have the all-female lineup of Sarah Bovey, Rahel Frey, Michelle Gadding, and Dorian Penn, who is going to be one to watch in the future, in, in the very, very near future. So in Dorian, addition to those... Dorian Penn's a like superstar, by the way. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. 100%. Carry on with God. We have... We have the newest evolution of the Porsche 911 GT3R. This is the 992 generation model. Mm. Uh, the all of its accessories, uh, predecessors have been pretty good. I mean, the the 991.2 won this race last year. RJ, <laughs> both the, GTDs. RJ, the 996 won this race overall about 20 years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Never forget. And then Ferrari have gone with a completely new model. It's the 296 GT3 built in close built by Orica in close coordination with the new 296 GTB as in Bravo road car. Um, this is this is one of the wildest things that I've seen. It's like yes, it's all new, but the thing I'm impressed is like it's built so badger. It's like a prototype. They've stuffed so much in the front bumper assemblies that like it's like building a car with a Lego set. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the first time you watch uh, you go back to an old Lamar video and you watch Audi just rip the entire back of the R8 off and bolt a new one on. That's basically what Ferrari can do with one of these. <laughs> they have. A, <laughs> yo, great, great. Let me tell you, uh, I was sitting in an interview uh, with another driver that will be up on DailySportsCar.com. Mm. Um, we were actually discussing uh, as a tangent the waiting list for the Ferrari 296 GT3. If you were to order one right now, when would you say you would be able to take this car out to a race for the first time and have it delivered to you? Maybe three months? 2025. Huh? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-year two wait list to get this car. People love the hots. Like, which one? To, to be fair, like, like the the, the lack of haunts, um, sh you know, shall we say, like, like the love for the haunts um, is all has always been there. That's never been the problem with the haunts, but uh, like, I, I like, I, I didn't realize that the, the two nine six was that popular. Um, there's a two year waiting list for one of them. Holy! What crap. can I tell you? Rich dudes with disposable income that love to race cars. Some call them amateur drivers, some call them gentlemen racers, some call them dentists. They love dropping dollars on Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Porsches because that is fucking status symbol shit. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. That is wild. Um, I mean, before we get out of here, because there's a lot, there's a lot to <laughs> there's a lot to go down here, obviously. I mean Fellas, what do you make of the top class in general? Who do you think is going to come through? Who leaps off the page to you? We'll go a little bit down class by class. 
But um, what are the ones? What are the keys to the race? And what like what's what's what are the ones to watch for you guys? I think the biggest key is these are brand new cars, and testing as much testing as Porsche and Acura and Cadillac have done. It's not racing. We have nine GTPs vying for overall honors. There is a legitimate shot that all nine of those cars could break at some point. In fact, there's a I there's a not. there's a very high chance that all of them could break. Um, so the biggest key to the race for me is just going to be reliability. Stay out of the pits. If you're in the pits, it's for fuel and tires. Stay out of the pits. Um, fuel tires, brake changes. That's it. That's it. If you're in there for anything else, you might be in trouble. Right. Um, really, there's there's a few lineups that leap off the list. I mean, the defending champions in the 60 car, um, as Ryan Eric King once referred to them, the other Acura. And then no team has ever taken anything so personally in then winning that race and the championship <laughs> at it. Um, they had a dartboard with King's face on it in the back, clearly. <laughs> I took that personally. Um, yeah, I mean, both Acura lineups, I mean... Wayne Taylor Racing. Oh, they needed a couple new drivers. Who who did they get? Louis Delatraz and Brandon Hartley. Oh, <laughs> you know, as you do, as you do. Uh, both BMW lineups. That you know, despite the issues that have been plaguing that car, we got Colton Herta in both BMWs. Actually, <laughs> that's mm. right. That that is a thing that you can do. Uh, he's splitting the twenty four with Philip Eng, Augusto Farfus, and Marco Vittman in the twenty four, and Connor Filippi, Nick Yoli, and Sheldon Vanderlind in the twenty five. Those are imagine, all serious dudes. Imagine just having Colton Herter as a floater here, like just 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 to have him, <laughs> just as just as a plus one. Well, one yeah. of the fastest dudes in single seater open wheel racing right now, a guy that probably should have been an F one this year, is just hanging around two different BMWs. Or as we now call him, Swalton, depending on, on a Swalton certain... Swalton Herder. Uh, uh, oh, my on, God. On a, on a certain pair of, uh, of uh, YouTube influencers, which we'll get to shortly. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, the Cadillac, both Cadillac lineups. I mean, the O2 car, Alex Lynn, Richard Westbrook, Earl Bamber. Mm, that's the Enough car said. that's not even going to be there all season because this is Rolex 24 only, and then that thing's going to, to uh, WEC or WEC. I, I don't want to yep. pronounce it WEC. You can't make me. It's WEC to me. I don't care. I don't care it's what, WEC. what poll our friend and yours, Lizzie Blackstock, wants to put up. It, it's it'll be the WEC to me. This it's not. not a, it's not her fault. It's the ACO's fault for insisting that you need to pronounce it WEC, but also ELMS instead of Elms. No ELMS instead of Elms. No WEC sounds <laughs> sounds like a tr- it sounds like a trouser accident. I'm not calling it that. I'm sorry. It's not happening. You dude, can't I, make- I took. <laughs> dude, I hit the bus stop so hard I wecked my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That was me and Grand Turismo 7 the other night. Mm, it happens to the best of us. Um, um, and in the other Cadillac lineup, I mean, Renger van der Zande, winner of this race, generally pretty solid. Sebastian Bourdais. Winner of this na- race. Some dude named Scott. I heard he's pretty good at this whole racing thing. Death, Tax, Dixon, etc. We Death, didn't even mention Dixon. the Wayland car yet, which has Pipo Durrani. Yes, he's a bit wild at times, but he's good at this race. Alexander Sims and Jack Aitken starting up his own prototype career. We love that for him. Good for Jack. He's, he's one of I the would have boys. brought it up earlier, but equally with the BMWs, Action Express Racing has looked rough 
they look struggalicious in testing. Mm. Um, there's always time to turn that around. There's always time for a Pipo Durrani uh, end of the race stint of the gods slash stint of nonsense where he runs into three people. Mm. No in between. <laughs> and, and then there's the Porsche lineups. Felipe Nazar, Matt Campbell, and Michael Christensen. Oh, Matty Campbell's so fucking good. Oh, I, still, yeah. I still can't get over that Bathurst pass, mm. which was five years ago. I still can't get over that finish to GTD Pro in this race last year. Yeah, uh, defending class winner last year, uh, despite Lawrence Vantor's best efforts and some of his worst efforts. And then in the sixth car, Dane Cameron, Matthew Jaminet, and Nick Tandy. It's really just an all-star race when he comes down to it. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, you look at it by the numbers, right? Um, we actually do have a, a post about uh, all the major accomplishments. And the thing is, like, it's not even like the nine Formula One drivers that are in this field, the four Le Mans overall winners that we have. Uh, going through, we have seven different IndyCar race winners and 10 drivers that have contracts for 2023. There's just so much hardware in this field. 55 of these drivers in this field have won a Rolex watch in any class. 55? Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, <sighs> That's not even getting like LMP2, which we joke about as another meme class, and they were nerfed again this year to the contention of many people. Oh, I mean, yeah. people in LMP2 are not happy about this. And honestly, I don't really, I don't even see why they really nerfed them given the pace that the LMDHs are showing. I digress. I mean, noted drivers who apparently just weren't good enough to get a top class ride. Scott McLaughlin and Joseph Newgarden. The bus bros. <laughs> in the, in, the bus bros in the number eight Tower Motorsports car are going to be taking part. And best of luck to Joseph Newgarden of his new site, Podium Life, which just launched today at time of recording. Joseph's one of the good dudes in motorsport. Uh, all those. I wish, we wish him all the best there with that. But yes, the bus bros, our favorite uh, motorsporting YouTubers, uh, are going to be in the number eight car they've talked about it a lot on their youtube channel so keep 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 some tabs on them for some there's bound to be a bunch of great content there regarding those two mm. they're going to be in there with john ferrano and kiffin simpson who i yeah. believe is going to be in indy lights this year i think kiffin's got kiffin simpson yes. ganassi development driver kiffin simpson yes let me, let me just look at some of the other names that are, that are not good enough to be in uh or couldn't find an opportunity raffaele marciello the house gt driving machine oh i tell you with him at high class racing with Ed Jones, Dennis Anderson, and Andrew Stewart back for Marcello. This is an audition for him to get a GTP or a hypercar drive sometime in the future. And if it's not going to be with Mercedes AMG, it's going to be with somebody. Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, going through mm. uh, names you might recognize Pietro Fittipaldi, Austin, Daytona 500 winner, Austin Sindrick. As you do. The only NASCAR driver in the field this weekend. For, uh, for Rick Ware racing, of all people, as well, which is just all sorts of wacky. Alongside Ryan Eric King's favorite IndyCar driver, Devlin DeFrancesco. <laughs> Yo, oh, they, got, they got Jimmy Bruni running for Proton Competition, and Proton Competition's only doing this in LMP2 because they haven't gotten their Porsche 963 yet. AF Corsair in this race, and they were just out here testing the new 499P hypercar at Sebring down the road. Yeah, I mean, 
much of this LMP2 field, as RJ said, is auditions to try and get rides or teams that don't have their cars yet. Um, with supply chain issues, Porsche has not been able to get their customer cars out the door. Um, I mean, Acura was late on some of their components. BMW are just late, period. There's actually supposed to be more cars here. And we will see more cars in IMSA uh, later in the year. Uh, Proton's getting a Porsche. Um, Joda is running one in WEC. Potentially could run one over here. JDC um, Miller Motorsports. JDC Miller are, are supposed to be running some. They're, they're running LMP3 here, and they've put a sticker on their LMP3 Duquesne, Duquesne D08 that says, My other car is a Porsche. <laughs> they just Excellent. haven't gotten it yet. Excellent. It's, it's, it's stuck in shipping. What do you mean you didn't pay for the 24 hour shipping option? They should have ordered same day shipping at 11.59 p.m. Amazon Prime let them down badly on this one, I think. Um, I love that we barely even mentioned Renus VKs in this field and Oliver Jarvis yeah. in the LMP2 yeah. field, as you do. You know, yeah. Oliver Jarvis, who just got displaced from the reigning champion team. Yes. Ryan Dial still in the league. Still in the league. I saw, them, I saw that man race. Ben Keating, probably the best bronze driver. Nicola Lapierre, mm. uh, a, a man who should have won Le Mans overall a couple times, won LMP2 several times. There's good quality to be had in this LMP2 field. I just really hope that they are not a hazard to the cars around them with the horsepower that they have lost. Similarly, LMP3, it, it kind of in the same boat. But they're calling me class for a reason. There's still talent to be had here. There is still talent to be had here. Uh, but you, you really got to go looking for it. I say, uh, I recognize Lars Kern, who's been tremendous for Porsche and GT3. Mm. Um, the Andretti Autosport car is always a threat. You have Gabby Chavez, Jared Andretti, uh, Dakota Rasmus Dickerson, Lind. Rasmus Lind. Mm. Um, that's a solid lineup. Otherwise, we just hope they don't cause too many full course yellows. Felipe Fraga and Josh Burden for uh, for Riley. I see Daniel Frost and Indy Lights driver for MRS GT Racing. Nico Veroni just signed to a Corvette racing deal with AWA in their number 17 car. They got Yu Kanemaru in this, who was a former Super GT test driver. It's a good lineup. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good lineup. Yeah. Um, what about the GTs, folks? Uh, who leaves up the page to you there before we get out of here? <sighs> It GT, is hard. GT is is weird because all those new cars we mentioned, they have all been straight garbage this week. None of them yeah. have even they've had trouble cracking even the top five with any new GT3 car. Trey, think about this. You you think that like, you know, if there was going to be GT deep like balance of performance bias, it would always be in the favor of the new cars because ooh, new shiny toy. Mm. Um actually it's quite the opposite. The feeling is that especially in the Porsche's case, they feel like the Porsches are holding something back and all the Porsche teams have said, uh, no, we just don't have the straight line speed. Hmm. So, so how much do we believe them on that? Um, uh, to be <laughs> determined. <laughs> to be determined. Uh, I, I did not pick them to, uh, to win their class. Hmm. Well, so, so what, who do you reckon will then? Is Camden in his flag to the Corvette Mast again? In what they're, they're way? Out. <laughs> um, honestly, I say save predictions for the end because we have one more class to yeah. go through as well. Yeah, uh, that's GTD G Vanilla. 
GTD Lite. Um, basically exactly the same as GTD Pro, except not Pro, where we still have some pros, but you have to have uh, some lower class drivers as well. And pretty much the same boat. Um, mm. None of the new cars were very competitive. Uh, actually, the Mercedes GT3s were exceptionally competitive. They locked out pole on both classes. Mm. Okay, so let's let's go for a quick rundown, class to class. Who do you think wins each one? GTP first. Uh, I. I am actually go. I'm nailing my flag to the mast for Meyer Shank Racing to do the repeat. I think wow. Tom Blumquist is in the form Trouble. of his life. Mm. Colin Braun uh, was a shrewd NASCAR shrewd Truck side. Series alum. He he was picked up from Core Autosport. Core Autosport died so that Colin Braun could get his first chance at a proper factory prototype drive, and I've. No doubt in my mind, having watched him race in person, he will excel at it. Oh, by the way, they have these two dudes named Elio Castroneves and Simon Paginot who've also I mean, won this not, race before. Not, not bad. I mean, <laughs> only and they're five, your plus ones. <laughs> only. <laughs> it's not a bad team. Um, Cam, are you in the same boat? I am not. C- come on, Dre. Really? Pretty question, I know. You go in number six, aren't you? Like, let, let's be real here. Mm. Uh, I You're, think I got to go number six. You um, to. He, he tweeted you. You've got to do he it. He tweeted you, at me, Nick. He, the, the I do appreciate, we appreciate the content. But yeah, I mean, given just how much sheer mileage they've run, as well as the relatively trouble-free running, mm. I got to go with one of the Porsches. I'm going to go with the six. If there is even any rain, and it is not predicted to have rain this weekend, but it is also Florida. It is Florida. You never know. Um, if there is even a shred of rain, we know how Nick Tandy is in the rain. And also Dane Cameron, series champion, real mm. solid. Matthew Jaminet, we'll, yeah. wrecking machine in a GT3 car. All the signs point to... Portion not just having the speed, but the longevity to get it done. Yeah, the reliability is probably what leaps off the page, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a fair point. Real quick, LMP2. I got a bold prediction. This is a relatively new venture. This is CrowdStrike Racing by APR. Uh, That's Algarve Pro Racing. They actually have one of... I believe it is the same Penske chassis that they used as their test mule before they launched the Acura DPIs. This is a very interesting lineup because, yes, Esteban Gutierrez didn't have much F1 success, but he's still a solid and accomplished driver. You have him supplemented with a young guy, Matt McMurray, who is super talented in his own right, Ben Hanley, who's run the Indianapolis 500. But the key to all these prototype classes is the, uh, the bronze drivers. I've seen George Kurtz, uh, co-founder of CrowdStrike, used to be co-workers with some dude named John McAfee. That dude can mm. wheel. Yeah, he's actually been very solid. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really... Matt McMurray has been around forever. He started, he started in top-class prototypes in like when he was 16. Yeah. Wow. And he, he's still young, and it's all these years later. Um... For me, I got to go high class racing. Um, number 20. The number 20 car. Uh, Marciello is just him. 
in the sports house. cars um, <laughs> every time he gets behind the wheel. And also, I mean, the rest of that lineup ain't bad. Next driver is probably Ed Jones. Ed Got Jones will decent, bit good. Bit good. Um, I mean, there's people there. There are people who are genuinely thinking, oh, if all the GTPs run into catastrophic problems, that car could take home an overall win here. <laughs> it would take a lot, but it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. It's not. Lot, it really thing. isn't. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are we, are we all going 36 for LMP3? I'm not. I'm going to go 74. I'm, I'm going to go Riley Motorsport. That was going to be my pick, too. Uh, Felipe Fraga is another top-of-the-line driver, one of the very best in the series. Uh, I can say the same confidently for Josh Burton as well. I think they're going to be the two anchors, and as long as uh, Glenn Van Berlo and Gar Robinson uh, don't cause too much trouble, they, they should be very fine. Actually, Glenn Berlo's under 30 years old, and so is Gar Robinson. They got youth on their side. They should be fine. Yes, hoping. Um, okay, GTD Pro. I'm going outside the box. I'm picking the Iron Lynx team and the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2. Uh, it's a pretty solid lineup when you have Andrea Caldarelli, an SRO Triple Crown champion, Michael mm. Barbalotti, Jordan Pepper, recently signed as a Lamborghini factory driver, as has Romain Grosjean, who... If that's your weak link at the team, just from lack of recent relevant experience, because it's been over 10 years since he's driven a sports car race like this, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I'm going to go same. Uh, given given what we've seen out of them, they seem to be the only semi-new car who can keep the previously run GT3 cars in sight. I'm going to go Iron Lynx as well. I mean... Again, when Romain Grosjean on pace is your weakest link, you're probably in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It you, you, you seems like you're in pretty safe hands to me if, if Grosjean's your fourth guy. It, 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 I will say, though, before we get to GTD Pro, I, I want to talk about the 64 car for a bit because they have two bronze and two silver driver lineups, and they're big-braining this shit because there's a lower <laughs> minimum drive time. So all they have to do is just finish, <laughs> and they're in for a top-10 result. Uh, yeah, I love that they're just big brain in that. Love that. Uh, GT Vanilla, as you would say, RJ? Uh, I am going to go with a new entry. It's the Racer's Edge Motorsports with WTR uh, entry, which Ooh, means they the have the backing of Wayne Taylor Racing and Andretti Autosport backing behind it. Ashton yep. Harrison can wheel. Yes. Ryan Briscoe can wheel. Always could. They they have got a very solid lineup. I would not be surprised if they won it first time out of the box. I know it's tempting to go with Windward Racing in this instance because they had the fastest GTD car out of all of them. Mm. But nobody who's ever won pole in this class ever went on to win the race. What do you reckon, Cam? Hmm... I really, I, I just want to pick the 16 car, but I know the Porsches are not fast in GTD. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it, may, it may not come down to that. Who knows? But uh, I mean, I get, I get the vibes though. Um, I am actually gonna go. 
I'm going to go with the funny team from last year, because thankfully the idiot running that team is no longer involved with that. I actually go with the 32 Mercedes, the one that looks like it's it's run by the factory Mercedes F1 team. <laughs> team but actually, off. no, it was just formerly owned by one who then had a massive meltdown and left the team when they weren't winning everything all the time. Yeah. After the stink of the Henry Gilbert versus Sky Cosmo feud wore off, this team was a legitimate title contender all the way through the season, and they've gotten even better. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Skeen, they- Kenton Cook, uh, Mikhail Grenier, and Maximilian Goetze, uh, a DTM pass champion. That's yeah, solid. I'm looking at I'm looking at Maxi Goetz, and it's it's hard to look past that. Man's is real solid. That will just about do it, folks. That's your Rommel X24 preview. I am going to look forward to sitting down and watching a lot of this race. Can't wait for it. Going to be fascinating to see how all the new cars, all the new regulations, and how it all plays out. When's the start time, gentlemen? I think it's like one twenty something. I guess. Forgive me on that one. I, th- I think it's like twenty past one. Holy shit. I, I, I'm so underprepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just got here, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I might have I done just got here. Yeah, the, the uh, actual uh, the actual race um, coverage of the 24-hour itself starts at about 1.30 on Saturday, January 28th. So it's a tune in for that. I believe for us Brits, it is free on their website, imsa.tv. Um, you can watch the whole thing completely free. Um, so if, you could, if you're bored over the weekend, why not just have it on in the background while you're doing something else? Can't hurt, right? You know, go, go or stop what you're doing. Watch it. Yeah. Sports cars are great, yeah. and they're going to be yeah. even better with a healthy top class prototype class. Uh, I'm here for this. I'm so excited. I got to be a part of this. Cam, I know you were looking forward to being here. I, I'm angry as hell, and I'm I'm not going to stop about it. <laughs> it breaks my heart that you are not here because this is that there is like a genuine, very good vibes all around this place. Folks, reach out, reach out through your screen, and know that I'm feeling you. If you need some undercard entertainment, Emmett's Five Cup, mm, best show oh. on the planet. Oh, MX5 yeah. Cup at Daytona. Unironically, <laughs> okay? Some of the best racing you will ever watch in any series. Please do go out of your way to watch it. Yes. I feel you out there. Yeah. you through the internet. That'll do it. We'll be back with two episodes next week. We'll be talking about the Rolex 24 as a review next week. And we'll be talking about Formula E's second round as they head to Saudi Arabia for Diria and their E-Pre over there. Hopefully it's a little bit better than the Mexico City. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a good weekend of motorsport, hopefully. But, um, yeah, great time. Big thanks to Cam and RJ for, for the season preview. It's been it's been, it's been a good vibe all around. Um, basically, you can find us one more time, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, Facebook, same slash motorsport101, Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, Our personal handles at dre underscore WTF1, at cbuckley917, at RJ O'Connell, website motorsport101.com, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 if you want to back us financially on there. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Cam Buckley and RJ O'Connell. Looking forward to the Rolex 24 this weekend. Until then, sayonara. Sayonara.